you for the word of God that goes forth now and it helps people. It encourages people. It brings light into people's lives who otherwise may be walking in darkness. And, and it, it, it brings illumination. And we're just so grateful for your word. And we receive it now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. Open to Luke the 10th chapter and the 19th verse. Luke the 10th chapter and the 19th verse. I had to loosen you up there just a little bit. Everybody loose now? You all ready? Okay. Luke, the 10th chapter and the 19th verse. See, church doesn't just always have to be serious. You can have a little bit of fun. That's one reason more folk don't go to church and what they do is that, that they don't ever have any fun. We can have a little fun, but you know the Word of God is fun. Amen. Luke 10, verse 19. Do you have that? Now, notice Jesus speaking to His disciples, who would be a representative group of you and me, said, Behold, I give you the authority... Notice he says, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Now that's shouting ground right there. Now do you know who the enemy is? The enemy is the the devil. Satan, the enemy, the devil. But it's good to know that Jesus has given us authority over all the power of the enemy. You see, he talks about serpents and scorpions there, but that's symbolic of the the power of the enemy. You see, in the Bible, the, the serpent or the snake is a symbol of the devil, you see. And you saw that in the Garden of Eden, didn't you? Where the, the devil entered the, the serpent and tempted Eve and so on. Well, you see... Uh, when you see serpents, scorpions, that kind of thing, that's symbolic of the devil's power. And Jesus said, I give you authority over serpents and scorpions and over all, did it say some power of the enemy? All the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now that's a scripture we need to grab a hold of, especially in this hour in which we live. And then he says, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits, that, you know, the demon spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Now, I want to talk to you today about the authority of the believer, the authority of the believer. And Jesus just said to us that he had given us authority over all the power of the enemy. And so the authority of the believer, if you're a believer in here today, a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have authority. And again, I want to say this, in the time in which we now live, we need to understand our authority that God has given us through the Lord Jesus. We need to understand that more now than ever. Have you noticed things are happening in the world? The Middle East is a, is a boiling pot, isn't it? You get great earthquakes in, in various places all over the planet. I mean, Jesus said that this would be a sign that we're in the time of the end. And, you know, I believe that the rapture of the church is soon to take place. But, but we may, we could have some time left. And, and in the time we have left, I don't necessarily think are going to necessarily get any better. I think things are just going to wind up and get worse and worse in this world. But isn't it good to know that in the midst of that, we have been given authority. And we can use that authority to overcome in the time that is left. Now, Jesus said here in verse 20 that we should rejoice and get more excited over the fact that we're saved than over the fact that we have authority. You know, I'll tell you, I'm more excited over the fact that I'm going to heaven uh, than, than over the fact that I have authority over the devil. You know, we all ought to be more excited about going to heaven than we are about having authority over the devil. You okay with that? But yet, that being said, we should still realize that we have been given authority over the power of the enemy. Now, notice in Matthew, the 28th chapter and the 18th verse, Matthew 28, 18. 
Jesus, after he had been raised from the dead, how many of you believe Jesus was raised from the dead? How many of you believe he really walked out of that tomb three days after he died on the cross? I, I believe that he did. You have to believe that to be saved. That's what, that's what the Bible says. But when he came out of the tomb, he, he, he says, in the process of time, he says to his disciples, who are a representative group of you and me, so, so we could say he's talking to us. You see, Jesus came and spoke to them saying, this is Matthew twenty-eight eighteen. he said, did he say some authority or all authority? All authority, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore... And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Now, we see here again that Jesus said that that all authority had been given to him. But did you notice in verse 19 that he delegates that authority directly to the church? When he says, go, therefore. See, we're supposed to go... And we're supposed to rise up in his authority and go. And first and foremost, we need to go tell people about Jesus. See, that's the thing we're supposed to do. First and foremost, above anything else, is go and tell people about Jesus. But I've learned this, that when you rise up and you go out and you begin to tell people about Jesus, that is going to make the devil angry. It's going to make him nervous and he's going to do all that he can to hinder you and try to stop you. And that's why I also like to read Mark's account of this same passage here. Mark 16 and 15. Mark 16 and 15. Notice what Jesus said. We just read Matthew's account. Now let's read Mark's account. And he said to them, notice, go into all the world... And preach the gospel to every creature. Now if we put that together with what we just read in Matthew. We can say that we're supposed to rise up in his authority. And go in that authority to all the world. And preach the gospel to every person. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name. Now notice here, these signs will follow those who believe. So you see we're talking about the authority of the believer. Jesus has given authority to the believer. And that authority is in his name. Now what is his name? Huh? Jesus. So in the name of Jesus, he said, in my name, they will cast out demons they will speak with new tongues see I I still believe in the baptism in the Holy Spirit I still believe that that, that Christians uh, can get baptized in the Holy Spirit and speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance I'm not ashamed of that I'm never moving away from that because that's Bible do you understand that? says, in my name, they'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. Now, I will give you something else on this new tongues. I, I believe the primary meaning of what he was talking about there was getting baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. But I also believe there's an application here too with new tongues that if you, if you were a liar before you got saved, once you get saved, you ought to start speaking with new tongues and you ought to start telling the truth. Is that right? Is, is, is that that's a good application there as well, isn't it? If you were a cusser before you got saved, once you got saved, you shouldn't be a cusser anymore. Is that right? So we, we could look at it from that avenue as well. But notice here, notice verse 18. They will take up serpents. Well, now, if you just read that and did a quick reading of it, there are some people read that. They do a quick reading of it. They don't study and they think that, uh, that you ought to be handling snakes. Now, I'll tell you right now, I'm not, I'm not going to be handling no snakes. I told you a long time ago, you bring a snake in here, I'm going to get a garden hoe and I'm going to have my wife kill it. Do you understand that? No snakes. I don't like snakes. How many of you like snakes? I don't like them. 
I don't like them. I remember I was dating my wife and we were having a good night before I went home. And all of a sudden out on the apartment, there was a, out on the way there, there was a little garter snake going. And, 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 and I guess she was more uh, interested in that garter snake than she was me because, can you imagine, there I'm giving her a kiss and she says, oh, look, there's a little garter snake. <laughs> and she go, went over there and picked that thing up. Now, I was wondering if it was the will of God for me to marry this woman one day. But she picked, you remember picking that thing up? I said, get that thing away from me. And then she put it down and then we, well, you don't, well, let's just go on. You know, I'll throw this in because some of you young people need to hear it. This is not in my notes. But you know what? I did not have sexual relations until I was married at 25 years old. You should not be having sex until you're married. Come on. I said you should not be having sex until you're married. Can you say amen? Yeah, pastor, I messed up. Well, there's the blood of Jesus. You can repent and God will forgive you and we'll still love you. Amen? But you shouldn't be doing that. I'm one preacher. See, I'm not going to back away from that either. We should have moral standards, shouldn't we? Can you say amen? But they'll take up serpents. That doesn't have to do with snake handling. That has to do with the fact that we have power over the devil. We have authority over the devil, you see. And you can't find anywhere in Scripture where there was any snake handling going on. The best you can do is over there in, uh, remember when Moses threw down his staff and it turned into a serpent remember the magicians did you know the devil can copycat god is that right and remember they threw their rods down and their rods became serpents too but guess what uh, uh moses serpent or Aaron's serpent well, anyway the man of god serpent what did the man of god serpent do swallowed up the devils is that right see say this say i have authority, I have authority. over the devil So when he says they'll take up serpents, that just means that we've got authority over the devil. And and notice, if they drink anything deadly, it'll by no means harm them. That does not mean that we're supposed to go out and drink poison to prove that the word of God is so. I don't have to drink any poison to know the word of God is so. Can you say amen? However, if you go into a restaurant, particularly some of them I've been in over the years, and you accidentally eat or drink something deadly, you can stand in your authority, praise God, and it won't harm you. Amen? That's what that's talking about. You can't find anywhere in the Bible where they drank poison to prove the word of God was true or that they were a believer. But I believe that if we'll live for God and walk in the authority that he's given us, if we accidentally uh, uh, eat or drink something that's poisonous, by the authority in the name of Jesus, it doesn't have to hurt us. Amen? They'll lay hands on the what? On the sick and they will what? Recover. You see, sickness and disease is a work of the devil, but in the authority that we have in the name of Jesus, we can rise above sickness and disease. Amen? Now, I'm all for good hospitals, good doctors, and good medicines. I believe in good hospitals. I believe in good doctors. I believe in good medicines. I will say this, that when when sickness hits us, we shouldn't necessarily turn to the doctor first. Why don't we turn to the power of God first? And then use the doctor. If you need to, do it. My goodness, go regularly for checkups and and do all of that. I I go regularly. We should work in conjunction with the doctors, you know. I've been in the healing ministry for for, for many, many years. And I tell you what, I I don't even like to pray for the sick unless I know they're working with a doctor. Can you say amen? Don't you see that God put Paul with Luke? Paul was an apostle and Luke was a what? A doctor, a physician, you see. We're we're all for good hospitals, doctors, and medicines. However, there is the power of God, and we have authority over sickness and disease. Can anybody say amen to that? Let's stay excited about that. All right, so say, I've got authority. Now, we've got authority, all right, in the name of Jesus, the believer's authority, but you know that authority will do you no good if you don't know how to use it. 
It's like having, it's like having a gun and, and you've got the bullets, but you don't know how to load it. You don't know how to work it. Is that gun going to do you any good? No, it isn't. And, and, and I've watched this over the many years. I have watched Christians that, that they've got authority. Most of them that I've run into don't even realize they have authority. And the ones that do realize they have authority have never been taught how to use that authority. So I want to take the rest of this message here and just share with you some things. I've already told you that you have authority. But that's going to do you no good if I don't show you how to use your authority. So let's take the rest of this message and let's show you how to use your authority that you have in, in, in Jesus, you see. Look at James 4, 7. Look at James 4, 7. We're showing you now how to use your authority. Let me tell you, dear friends, this is a life and death message today. What I mean by that is this message today, if you'll get a hold of it, it, it can save your life. It really can. Knowing how to use your authority. James 4, 7. Notice what the Word of God says. Therefore... Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, when we resist the devil, if we put this scripture together with what we read over in the, in the gospel according to Mark, would it make sense to say that when we resist the devil, we resist him in the name of Jesus? Jesus. Are you okay with that? So you resist him in the name of Jesus... And the Bible says that he will what? He will flee from you. That word flee means that he'll run away from you, afraid of you. Did you know that the devil, really, he's afraid of us? But, but, but he's not afraid of us if we don't realize that we have authority. And he's further not afraid of us, even if we realize we have authority, but we don't know how to use it or we don't know how to use it properly. Huh? That, he, that, that he's not afraid. It's when a Christian finds out that they have authority and they find out how to use that authority, then the devil gets nervous. Now the Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. But you see, I've watched a lot of Christians over the years. I've watched a lot of preachers over the years resist the devil and the devil doesn't go anywhere. I've watched them resist. I've watched Christians resist sickness and disease and they die of that sickness and disease. I've watched preachers resist sickness and disease and it doesn't go anywhere. What's, what's the deal? What's up with that? Well, it's because a lot of times people, they want to resist, Christians, they want to resist the devil, but they, they want to do the second part of that verse, but they don't want to do the first part of that verse. What's the first part of that verse say? Submit to God. So I'm here today to tell you that if you refuse to submit your life to God, your authority won't work for you. Did you hear me? You can't, you can't, you can't live a life unsubmitted to God and expect authority to work for you. Well, you say, Pastor, how do I live a life submitted to God? Well, you get into the Bible and you read it and you find out what God wants you to do. You find out how he wants you to live. And then you do your very best to walk in the light of that. And then you're submitted to God. Uh, here's, here's a good example. Several years, many years ago, I had a couple come here and they visited. And they were here. Uh, uh, they, well, actually, they came on a midweek service. And they came up to me after the service and they said, Pastor... We have a deliverance ministry. We go around the country and, and we, we cast out demons. Could we minister in your church? And just that quick, I said, where do you attend church? And here was their response. Um, um, uh, well, uh, um, uh, well, um, uh. And then, and then when he got done humming and hawing, then she started. Um, uh, well, um, uh, uh. And they couldn't tell me. Now, does this Bible tell us that we ought to attend church regularly? Now, let me ask you. They said they had a deliverance ministry, but they didn't attend church regularly. They couldn't tell me who their pastor was because they didn't have a pastor. Tell me, are they submitted to God? No. So when they resist the devil, is he going to go anywhere? 
Absolutely not. Did you, did you get that? And we could go on and on. Let's just say that, does this Bible tell us to walk in love and forgiveness? So if we don't walk in love and forgiveness, then, then are we submitted to God? No. Then, 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 then can we believe that if we resist the devil, he'll, he'll flee? No. You see, you have to walk in the light of the word of God that you have. You have to get into the Bible, find out what God wants you to do, and then do that and live a life submitted to him. And then when the devil rears his ugly head, then we, in the name of Jesus, resist him. And what did the Bible say that he would do? Flee. So what's the first... I'm teaching you how to use your authority. What's the first thing you have to do? You have to what? Submit to God. Did you get that? Okay. Now then, look at 1 Peter 5 and 8. I'm teaching you how to use your authority. You first must submit yourself to God. Then notice 1 Peter 5 and 8. Be sober, be vigilant. Now when you see be sober and be vigilant, being sober and being vigilant, does this Bible tell us to be sober and be vigilant? So right there, that's just another way of saying what? Sub, submit to God. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. I like the way one, one version, one translation of the Bible says that the devil goes about as a roaring lion. You see, the devil isn't a roaring lion, but he goes about as a roaring lion. Have you ever seen the Wizard of Oz? Anybody ever seen the Wizard of Oz? Now, 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 you see that how many you know when they they went in there to see the wizard? You know who 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 went in there? Let's see how smart you all are. Who went in there? Dorothy, Tin Man, Lion, Scarecrow. Don't forget Toto. All right, so they go in there and and they see that. Roar! Is that right? That big face with the fire that used to freak me out when I was a kid. How many remember that? But remember that. What happened? Toto, at the end there, went over and pulled back the curtain and there was a little man behind the curtain. And remember, as soon as they saw, Dorothy and them, saw the little man and the little man knew that they saw him, what did he do? He pulled the curtain back and what's the first thing? He said, pay no attention to the little man behind, or to the man behind the curtain. Is that right? How many of you remember that? See, so, so that's the same way that the devil is. The devil, he'll roar and roar and roar, but he's really the little man behind the curtain. Do you understand that? But he goes about as a roaring lion, seeking those, and one version says it this way, seeking those who will give him the permission to devour them. You need to know that the devil cannot devour you if you won't give him the right and the permission to do so. Did you hear me? But you see, there's a lot of Christians don't know they have authority. And still others, still others might know they have authority, but they've never learned how to use their authority. Do you hear me? So what am I trying to teach you now? How to use your authority. What's the first thing I said? Submit to... God. Now let's read on here now. Be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, walks about as a royal lion, seeking whom he may devour. Then verse 9 says what? Re- Have we already read that? Resist him, right? But now it's going to tell us something else you need to get. Resist him how? Steadfast in the faith. Do you like that? Steadfast in the what? Faith. Steadfast in the faith. Here's the second thing you need to get. You need to submit to God, but then when you resist Him, you need to do it in what? In faith. Now, let me tell you something that I've learned, because I, I, I see, I don't, I don't go out looking for the devil. I run with God. But the devil will show up from time to time. And, and there have been times where I've resisted, oh boy, get a hold of this now. That I've resisted him, and when I resisted him, it didn't look in the natural like he left. 
That's where faith comes in. What did the Bible say? The Bible says if I'll submit to God and resist the devil, he will what? He will flee. And so when I resist him, I don't care what it looks like. I resisted him. What did the Bible say he has to do? Flee. And so as far as I'm concerned, once I resisted him, I do it in faith. See, faith, when you study faith out, you see, when we walk, the Bible says that when we walk by faith, we don't go by what it looks like, what it smells like, what it feels like, what it, what it sounds like, how it tastes. You know, the physical senses have nothing to do with it. Do you understand that? So when you resist the devil in faith, what that's telling you is you resist him and then you're not moved by how it looks. You're moved only by the Bible said if we resist him, he has to what? Has to flee. I've already laid hands, I've laid hands on thousands of people over the years. There's been many of them I laid hands on them. I rebuked that sickness and disease in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when I got done releasing my faith and resisting the devil, the situation in the natural didn't look any different than when I prayed. And I've had them come back again and again, some of them with doctor's reports, saying, you know, Pastor, when you laid hands on me, I didn't feel anything. It didn't look like anything changed. But you know what? Within the process of time... See, they'll lay hands on the sick and they will what? Recover. That's a process. And they'd come and they'd say, I've already, I had one lady coming in here dancing and jumping. She had a doctor's report and she had an x-ray of how the situation was before we prayed, how it was after we prayed. And you could see that the power of God hit her and healed her, but it didn't, it didn't, it, it didn't manifest right here on, on this floor. It took some time. You, you understand that? Now, that makes sense in the natural. Have you ever gone to the doctor with a strep throat or something and he gives you a shot and he gives you some medicine? Have you ever been crabbing and complaining within, within three hours because it wasn't all gone? No, you know it's going to take a little what? Take a little time. Well, the same thing is true in, the spirit, in dealing with spiritual things, you see. Did you get what I just said? I'm not boring you, am I? So you see, when you resist the devil... You have to be submitted to God, but then also you have to resist Him in, say, in faith. You have to resist Him in faith. Now notice, let me give you some more on this. James 5.15. James 5.15. Notice this. says, the prayer of what? Faith will save the sick. The prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. Will raise who up? The sick up. The prayer of what? Faith will save the sick. Actually, that word save there, if you study it out, means heal. We could read this way. The prayer of faith will heal the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. Now, I want to, I want to get something else across to you now. That you need to grab a hold of. I've told you that to use your authority. You have to submit to God. And then you have to resist in what? In faith. Are you with me now? But here's something else. And here really frankly. Here is one place that I have watched Christians. Miss it. Over the many many years. And it's right here. Because when we say the word prayer. (laughs) Right away. We automatically. If you're like me. And this threw me for a long time. But when, when, when you say the word prayer, you right away think that you're talking to God. Now, prayer in Scripture, most of the time when you're praying, you are talking to God. But when it comes to exercising your authority, are you listening now? When it comes to exercising your authority and you're praying this prayer of faith, this word prayer, actually it's a declaration of faith. It's not a prayer to God. It's a declaration of faith. It's when you declare, you speak the word of God at the problem. And and you see, that's what you need to get about using your authority. When you're using your authority, when you're praying this prayer of faith, it's this right here is not a prayer. It's not a prayer to God. It's a statement out of your mouth speaking to the problem, speaking to the sickness, speaking to the disease. Did did you hear me? And dear friends, I've watched seasoned ministers, 30 years ministry. I've I've watched them pray for the sick and nobody gets healed. 
Because when they come in the line, they'll lay hands or they'll lay, the preacher will lay hands on them and, 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 and they'll say, Oh dear God, I ask you to remove this sickness and disease. Well, first of all, God didn't put the thing there. But they're asking God to do something and that's not how this authority works. Did you hear what I just said? Now, I, now I haven't got everybody healed. I'm in good company. Jesus didn't get everybody healed. Is that right? He went into his hometown Nazareth and the Bible said there he could do no mighty work because of their, un- because of their unbelief. Is that right? But I haven't got everybody healed. But I tell you what, I've got a lot of people healed. Now, I can't heal anybody. Say amen. I don't have any healing virgin. I can't heal anybody. It's the power of God that does it. Did you hear me? But I tell you what, the way that we've gotten people healed is we haven't stood up here, me asking God to do something that he's already done. What we've done is, is we've risen up in the authority that he's already given us. And I rebuke the sickness. I rebuke the disease in the name of the Lord Jesus. I don't talk to God about it. I, I speak to the, to the sickness, speak to the disease. And I've watched cancers die. I, I've watched people get healed. I've seen fibromyalgia heal. Can you say amen? Glory to God. But it's, it's just because we've learned how to use our authority. Does anybody remember Jesus was preaching one day and he left and he went over to Peter's house and Peter's mother-in-law was laying and she had a real high fever. You ought to go home this afternoon and, and read that. Did you know Jesus, when he went in there, he didn't ask the father to remove the fever. The Bible says he rebuked the fever. Now, have you, now listen to me. Have you, how many of you have been here when, 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 when Cindy Pressler and Dave Murray and Count on Kent, they all had a bullseye on St. Louis that St. Louis is going to be torn up by storms. And how many times have you seen, now I'm not saying we're the only ones, there are probably other churches that did it too. I don't know. I just know what we've done is I stood up here, we rose up in our authority. And let me tell you, did we ask God to do something about the storm? No, we took the authority that he gave us and we spoke to that in the name of Jesus and we told it to either go north, go south, or break up. Is that right? And how many of you are living witnesses that you've seen that more than once? Now, that didn't happen just by accident. It happened because we know how to use our authority. Somebody asked me one time, said, well, what if, what if a devil, what if the storm did slip in, devil blew the roof off the church? Then you know what? I've got a good insurance policy and we'll put a better one back. Amen? Amen. You see, if you want to be a powerhouse for God, you do the spiritual stuff you need to do and you also do the natural stuff you need to do. We've got a good insurance policy on this church. But I tell you what, I'm going to continue to stand in the authority that God has given us. Amen? Amen? Are you going to stand with me? But what I'm trying to get across to you here is, look at Mark eleven twenty three. Is you, you you don't talk to God when you're using your authority. You talk to the problem. You talk to the storm. Did Jesus ever rebuke a storm? Look at Mark. Well, I'm, I'm excited this morning. This has got to be better than me standing here preaching you a boring little. Where you you're not going to fall asleep on this one. And if you do, I'm going to take Karen's fan and come over there and bop you on the head. Mark eleven twenty three. Assuredly, I say to you, Jesus says, whoever says to the mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes. Do you see when you speak to the mountain, first of all, you're not talking to God, you're talking to the mountain, Right? And when you do it, you have to do it with a believing heart. That's, that's another way for saying that you're resisting in faith, you see. The prayer of faith, the declaration of faith. Whoever says to the mountain, be removed, be cast in sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Now, dear friends, you better get a hold of this. Because of the time in which we're living in, we need to know about our authority. And we better know how to use it. So let's see if you've got anything so far. First thing, submit to 
God. The next thing is that you, you submit to God. Then when you resist, you do it in faith. And then the next thing you need to know is when you're using your authority, are you talking to God or are you talking to the problem? You're talking to the problem. Now look at John 14, 13. Let's go there quickly. John 14, 13. I get excited when I talk about the authority that God's given me in the name of Jesus. And rightfully so. John 14, 13. Jesus says this. And whatever you ask in my name that I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now watch this. Whatever you ask in my name that I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now when you read that in your English Bible, it looks like, again, that word ask, it looks like you're asking God. Now how many of you study? Well, when you study this out, and I challenge you to go home and get your concordance and study this out, and you'll see that what Jesus is talking about here when he uses that word ask, that word ask does not mean to to, to make a petition of. That word means to make a demand on. So if we read it with that in mind, here's how this, if you really literally translated it, and and I advise you to do it, here's what he's saying. And whatever you demand in my name, I will back it up. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you demand anything in my name, I will back it up. Now, somebody says, does anything mean anything? Well, let's put the Bible together. I'm telling you anything that's in line with His Word. You can't just demand anything you want. You have to be sure you're making demands inside the Word of God. So I I like to read it like this. Jesus said, whatever you demand... Now here again, study this out. This is not making a demand on God. This is making a demand on the devil. This is making a demand on the sickness. This is making a demand on the disease. Whatever you demand of the devil as your rights and privileges, in my name, I will back it up. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you demand of the devil as your rights and privileges, anything in line with this Bible, in my name, I will back it up. So what are we learning here? That when we're dealing with the devil, when we're dealing with sickness, when we're dealing with disease, when we're dealing with these things, we need to be submitted to God, we need to, in faith, use the name of Jesus, and we need to talk to the problem, not to God. Now you can, if I had the time, we could go, in fact, let's go over to, I, you, I need to do it. John 16, 23. Throw it on the screen, please. John 16, 23. Look at this. Look at this. Now here, Jesus in this passage is talking here about praying to God and talking to God. And in that day, he's talking about the day in which we live now, the day of grace. You will ask me nothing Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, He will give it you. Now, maybe somebody came today just to get this. Now, now, if you've been praying to Jesus and He hasn't been answering, there's your answer. You're not supposed to pray to Jesus. What did He Himself say? You're supposed to pray to the Father in the name of Jesus you know dear friends uh, we've got to find out what rules the Bible has set on these things and we need to follow them yeah but it really just doesn't matter if we how many of you would like to get in a jumbo jet to fly to Paris and the pilot got in the cockpit and said well there's certain rules about flying and certain rules on this jet but you know what I didn't really read the handbook I'm just going to kind of wing it how would you like that how many of you want that pilot to follow all the rules? Now, I'm not, be, I'm not being... Uh, uh, please put that back up there. I'm not trying to be super technical or whatever, but put that scripture back up. We need to follow the directions, don't we? 
I, I, I mean, some people, they get mad at God because it doesn't look like God's answering. Well, maybe you haven't been following the directions. In that day, the day of grace, you will ask me nothing. Now, can you talk to Jesus? Sure, I talk to him all the time. But when you're praying and making requests of the Father, you go to the Father and you ask the Father in the name of Jesus. Do you got that? But see, that scripture there is talking about praying to God. But go back to that other one. Go back to, to, if you would, go back to John 14, 13. Go there. As you, I want to get it again. When you, when you study this out, I'm going to read how this literally translates. And whatever you demand, see the word ask is used in the English, but in, it means this in the Greek text. And the Bible is written in Greek. Whatever you demand of the devil as your rights and privileges in my name, that will I do or I will back it up. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you demand of the devil as your rights and privileges anything, now does that mean anything or anything in line with the Bible? In the line with the, in my name, I will do it or I will back it up. Can you say amen? amen? So you see, when it comes to dealing with the devil, sickness, disease, these sort of oppression, depression, these kinds of things, what you're supposed to do is submit to God, resist in what? In faith. Is that right? And then, and then are you supposed to talk to God or to the problem? To the problem. Now, do you have that? Do you think you got that? Is that simple enough? Now then, look at Matthew 18, 18. Let's look at this one. Grab a hold of this today. Get a hold of this. We don't have time to play around with this stuff anymore. We're living in a serious time, in a serious day, a serious hour. We need to get a hold of our authority and use it properly. Jesus said, Matthew 18, 18, And assuredly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now who's doing the binding? Are we doing it or are we asking God to do it? We're doing it. Are we doing the loosen or are we asking God to do it? We're doing it. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Or we could read it this way. Whatever you bind on earth, heaven will back it up. Whatever you loose on earth, heaven will back it up. One person came up to me one time and they said, Pastor Terry. They're being real religious. Pastor Terry, how do I know if I'm supposed to bind or if I'm supposed to loose? And I guess it was just the Holy Spirit. I just answered just that quick. And I just, I said, well, if it's bound, loose it. And if it's loose, bind it. And I walked off. And they, as I'm walking away, they went, oh. <laughs> well, look, I don't know if something's bound up, loose it. If something's loosed, bind it. If you're bound by sickness and disease, be loosed in Jesus' name. If the devil's running rampant and loose, running loose, crazy in your life, bind him up in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen? Glory to God. And then the Bible says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Well, heaven's backing it up. Whatever you loose on earth, heaven is backing it up. How many of you are glad to know that heaven is backing us up? Now get this, listen to me very carefully. Did you know that the devil is not afraid of you or me, but he's afraid of God? And you have to understand something that you see, we have the authority that God has given us, but God has the power. And the devil is afraid of God. And God is the one backing us up. How many of you know, how many of you have been following that Libya situation? And how many of you know Colonel Gaddafi over there, when he's coming against people in his country and they're coming against him and, 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 and he's coming against people that have pea shooters and they got, they got plastic guns and they got little old guns that don't, 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 can't do it, little cap guns, you know, or so to speak. How many of you know Gaddafi is not too afraid of those people because he's got the big cannons and all. Is that right? 
But all of a sudden, when the colonel finds out that here's coming to United States with their... How many of you know that's going to make the colonel nervous? Is that right? Well, you need to realize that if, the, if we're standing against the devil in our own might and in our own power, he's not going to be afraid of us. But all of us, and as long as we're not operating according to the Bible in our authority, the devil isn't going to be excited. But I'm going to tell you what, if you'll get a hold of what I'm telling you today and you'll begin to rise up in your authority and begin to declare your submit to God, resist the devil in faith, talk to the problem instead of to God and do all that. I tell you what, it's like the United States showing up against the colonel. The colonel's going to get upset. I tell you what, you rise up in your authority in Jesus, the devil is going to get scared. Can you say amen? And I'm here today to tell you there's too many Christians that they've been like, like, they've been, they've been like coming against the devil with a pea shooter because they've never taken the time to get a hold of this message right here. But if you'll take the time to get a hold of this message right here, you can change your life around. And I tell you what, the devil will become afraid of you. Let's close real fast. Acts 3. Go there quickly. I get talking about this and I, and I lose track of time. Let's close this up, but let's get to Acts, the third chapter. Let me close with just a couple of quick examples of Bible people doing what we've taught you here today. Look at Acts 3, verse 2. And a certain lame man from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now, let me ask you a question. Did Peter ask God to heal that guy? Absolutely not. What did Peter do? He spoke to the problem. Is that right? And he did it in the name of Jesus Christ. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up. Immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, leaping, walking and praising God. Glory to God. But if Peter would have stood there and said, oh God, if it be thy will, heal this poor soul, that man would have stayed crippled. Aren't you glad Peter knew his authority? Look, if you would, at Acts' 16th chapter, the 16th verse. Acts' 16th chapter, the 16th verse. Now it happened as we went to prayer. That, you see, what do we learn there? As we went to prayer, is, is, is having a prayer life being submitted to God? All right. So if you want to use your authority, you have to be submitted to God. It happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. See, she had a demon in her. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaimed us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to God. No. Said to Said to the girl. No. Said to the. He said to the spirit. To the demon spirit. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ. To come out of her. And he came out that very hour. Now what do we learn about that very hour? It means it didn't happen instantly. It took a little bit of time. But did the demon come out? Yeah, but you know, I believe Paul just went right on with his business. Why? Because he resisted in faith. Did you hear what I just said? Glory to God. And, and, and I'm telling you, how many of you are glad? How many do you think that this, this, this slave girl was glad that Paul knew his authority? That, that, that he knew who he was in Christ, that he was submitted to God, and that he resisted in faith. How many of you, and that he spoke to the Spirit instead of begging God to do something, how many of you think that girl was glad? Amen. Amen. Acts 28, this is it. We'll close right here. Acts 28, 3. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks, remember they were shipwrecked out there? And laid them on the fire, a viper, a snake, a poisonous serpent. 
came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. Now was Paul snake handling there? No. Did he do this on purpose? No. There was just happened that the devil reared his ugly head. Is that right? And fastened on his hand. So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow him to live. But he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. Glory to God. Now, why could he do this? Will you agree with me that he was a man submitted to God? So he submitted himself to God. Did the devil attack him? Yeah, but we see that he resisted him and we see that Paul used the name of Jesus. I personally believe that when that thing fastened on his hand, that Paul just took that thing and shook it off in the fire in the name of the Lord Jesus. Can you say amen? If we eat or drink anything deadly, it'll by no means harm us. If a, even if a poisonous snake were to accidentally bite us, it doesn't have to kill us. Can you say amen? And Paul shook that thing off into the fire and he suffered no harm. However, they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But after they had looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a god. I tell you what, people are fickle, aren't they? I said people at one point thought he was a lousy murderer and then now they're thinking he's a god. You know what? I don't care what people think. I'm not concerned about what people think. All I care about is what God thinks. And I tell you what, I don't care what anybody thinks of me. I'm going to stick with the Bible. I'm going to stick with the authority that's in the name of Jesus. And I tell you what, I've had a lot of things come along over the years and bite me and try to destroy me. I've had sinners come against me. I've had Christians come against me. I've had every kind of thing you can imagine come against me. But I tell you what, I'm glad that I've learned who I am in Christ. I'm glad that I've learned about the authority of the believer. And I'm just so glad that I've been able to take every situation that's come at me and my wife, whether it's come from sinners or whether it's come from Christians or who's yielding to the devil or from the, everything the devil's thrown at me. What do we do? We shake it off into the fire bless God and we go right on with the plan of God can you say amen stand with me if you would glory to God hallelujah amen I'm excited about this today glory to God you didn't need to come today to hear another little sermon my God you came today to find out that you have authority and it's in the name of the Lord Jesus praise God 